So Lord Krishna is giving classification now of karma, different kinds of karma, sattvic, rajas and tamas. That is, when a person with sattvic mind, when that person will perform karma, what will be his attitude, what will be his spirit, what will be his intention? Niyatam, he will do the action because it is the right action to do. Sangarahitam, while performing an action which is right, which is what a situation calls for, that is the response that I will give, not because it is personally beneficial to him, but because it is the right thing to do. Therefore, afala prepsuna karma, and while performing that action which is right, which is duty, which is based on the values, then also afala prepsuna, one who does not demand any kind of a personal reward, because for that person, the very performance of an action is a reward. It is our experience also that when we do something, that is a hobby, which I like to do. So sometimes there are certain things that I like to do, I love to do. In that case, the doing itself is a reward, then I don't seek any further reward. So here is a person, a karma yogi, for whom the very action, doing itself is a reward, and therefore he does not want any personal glorification or any other reward. <coughs> Sangarahitam, while performing that action also, he does it in a very humble way knowing that it is his privilege to do that action and that it is by grace of God and that he is able to do what he is able to do and therefore he performs action rather as an offering. So it is my privilege to perform this action and I offer it to the one who has given me the ability to perform action. He joins, as we said, in the scheme of creation and in the same spirit as Lord does his work, he also tries to do the work in the same way in the spirit of offering. Aragadveshtakritam also he performs action not to satisfy his attachment and aversion, no satisfy, not to satisfy his partiality, not to satisfy his personal agenda, but he performs an action, as you said, as best as possible to satisfy the agenda of the scheme of things. Wherever he finds himself, every scheme of things has an agenda, that is what he responds to. Yet that sattvika muchade, this kind of an action is called sattvik karma. Yet to kamev suna karma. On the other hand, an action is performed to fulfill a particular desire. 
meaning to satisfy my Rajadvesha. Because I want something should happen, therefore I want to make it happen. Because I do not want something should not happen, therefore I, I, you know, I prevent it from happening. So in that, some strain is always involved because a karma yogi, a sattvic person is one who is a non-demanding person, therefore he responds to the realities of life. A person with rajyoga is one who changes the reality to suit him. The first person suits himself to the realities, the other person tries to change the realities to suit him. So whenever you try to change the realities, then there is always a lot of strain involved, therefore Bahulaya, some very strenuous action. To because he has a personal agenda, because he has certain thing to accomplish as a personal glorification or ego gratification or sense gratification, therefore he performs action. While performing action also, there is a sense of arrogance that it is I who is doing it. This is my body, this is my energy, this is my mind, this is my intellect, this is my effort and I am doing it. <coughs> Tadraja, this kind of an attitude is called the attitude born of rajas. This is being given here so that we can slowly get rid of this from our personality. And all this is not going to brand somebody else for me. Now I understand this fellow is rajas. This fellow is tamas. This fellow is... That's, that's not the intention. Intention is everybody is everything. Intention is that we identify this kind of tendencies in our own self. I am sure that we will find all the three kinds of tendencies in ourselves. Sattvic tendencies, the Rajas tendencies, as well as Tamas tendencies, all of them we will see in ourselves. So, Lord Krishna here acquaints us as to what this Rajas, the tendencies are. When we see them, we should try to deal with them. And what are the Tamas tendencies? When we find them, we should try to deal with them also. <coughs> Continuing the verse 25, Lord Krishna says, Describing the action born of tamas, that is, born of a mind which is predominant in tamas, what kind of an action will you perform or what will be the intention or the spirit behind performing the action that is said in the verse 25. Anubandham kshayam himsam, Anubandham kshayam himsam, Anapeksya japaurusham, Anapeksya japaurusham, Mohadarabhyate karma, Mohadarabhyate karma, Yatatama samuchyade, Yatatama samuchyade. Now, Mohadarabhyate karma, an action that is born of delusion. Delusion means not understanding the realities of life, not understanding the realities of oneself. From a distorted perception of reality is an action that is born. And therefore, a person whose mind is predominant in tamas, he just doesn't think. The person having rajas, he thinks wrongly, but this fellow is totally, is just, you know, far off the field as a you know, completely wrong. And therefore, while performing action, there is no planning, there is no thinking. Anubandham. When I am going to do this, what will be the consequence? He doesn't bother about what the consequences will be. Kshayam, what is going to be the price that I have to pay in order to perform the action? He doesn't bother. Himsam, whether the action will bring about, will, will hurt somebody, injure somebody, doesn't bother. Anapeksha Paurusham, 
and whether do I have the capacity to perform this action. He doesn't bother about his own capacity, doesn't bother about whether it is going to, what a loss it is going to bring about, what kind of price he has to pay to perform the action, whether action is going to injure or hurt somebody, and what the consequences will be to others and to himself, never bothers. Mohad Arabhyade Karma, an action that is begun and performed on account of some, some phonetic idea within himself. Some kind of a wrong insistence that he has, that's all. And therefore he believes in something. I don't know, at this time I can only think of one action that took place some years ago. And that was the action of Iraq invading Kuwait. <coughs> that person just did not think of what the consequences will be. Whether he has the capability of doing it or not. Whether it's going to hurt other people or not. And whether or not it is, it's what cost it is going to involve. And therefore, he was threatening, you know, the, the, the Allied army and things like that, and everybody thought that he was a very strong person. In fact, he was completely clobbered. He lost hundreds of thousands of people, and he suffered from all the sanctions from which the people are suffering to no end. What an amount of himself, what an amount of injury it, it brought about, what an amount of loss it brought about. And without recognizing whether he has the capacity or the strength to do that or not, and what will the consequence of the action? Without thinking, we just do that. Why? Because some kind of an idea of righteousness that this is what he's supposed to do. I don't know. And so we find actions being performed like this by people who are totally stupid, totally non-thinking or deluded people. And so we find many things like that. And therefore, what is wrong is considered to be right. And therefore, a person who has tamoguna in predominance, has a completely distorted perception. At least a fellow who is rajoguni, he is at least a practical person. He knows what he wants, he knows how to get it done, all of that he knows. That means he is world wise. He is not spiritually wise, but he is materially wise. The first person is, sattvic person is spiritually wise. He may appear to be materially not very practical sometimes, although there is no reason why he should not be, but he is spiritually wise. The person who is Rajoguni, he is materially wise, spiritually unwise. And this third fellow is spiritually unwise and materially also unwise. He just doesn't know how the, how the things function. And therefore he just doesn't know the basic rules of life, basic realities at all. And still he plunges into an action. This is the Tamasam Uchade. This is action that is the originates from Tamoguna. <coughs> So this is threefold division of action. Now Lord Krishna talks about the threefold division of the actor, the agent of action. Jnanam, karma cha, karta cha, three things. Then Jnanam, knowledge of perception, threefold perception, sattvic, rajas and tamas. Threefold karma or action, sattvic, rajas, tamas. And now threefold performance of action. The people who perform the karta, karta means the doer or the agent of action, they also can be categorized in this threefold way, sattvic, rajas and tamas. So verse 26 describes how is a sattvic karta, that is a person who is sattvic, how is he when he performs action. <coughs> and that is what we have to follow. Other two are given in order to give them up, in order to abandon them, and this one is given us given to us in order for us to cultivate. 
So the sattvic qualities are what we are advised to cultivate and other two qualities, rajas and tamas, as we see in ourselves, we should seek to abandon them. <coughs> and this is advised not merely for the spiritual happiness or spiritual growth, this is a practical way, even for material happiness or material growth also. In long term, of course. Perhaps if I am a sattvic person, in, in, in short run I may not, I may not uh, gain a lot, there may even have to be some loss involved, maybe. But in the long run, even in the industry also, in the business, it is seen that people who compromise the values, who are very clever, very smart, they get away in the beginning, but in the end, it, you know, it doesn't last too long. Whereas people who start with proper values, on a very solid foundation of values, they may be slow in making progress, but then they make steady progress, and then ultimately they prosper. So, a sattvic person is one who goes for a long-term gain. If necessary, he sacrifices short-term gains. A rajas person is the one who goes for short-term gain. In that process, he sacrifices long-term gains. So he gets some very easy or he gets some temporary gratification. At the end, as Lord Krishna will explain later on, he invites pain for himself. A sattvic person is willing to suffer the pain in the beginning in order that ultimately it turns out to be very pleasant. A person with rajas, he just seeks what we call the immediate gratification. In the process, he sacrifices the long-term happiness. And of course, the tamoguni fellow, he gets neither short-term gratification nor long-term gratification because he is totally, totally unaware of the realities of life. <coughs> Now, how is the karma yogi? When we see the description of sattvic description, it is the description of a karma yogi. How does a karma yogi function? Verse 26 explains that. Mukta sango naham vadi, mukta sango naham vadi, dhrityutsaha samanvitaha, dhrityutsaha samanvitaha, Siddhya Siddhya Nirvikara hai Siddhya Siddhya Nirvikara hai Karta Sattvika Uchyade Karta Sattvika Uchyade <coughs> This Karta, this doer, this person performing action is called a Sattvik person. So when the mind is a Sattvaguna, how does it how, how in fact, what kind of tendencies arise in us? How does that mind behave? It's said here, Mukta Sangha. So a karma yogi or a sattvic person is Mukta Sangha. One who is free from attachment and aversion. So when the mind is sattva, when the mind is purity, then there is no projection in there. The person, as I say, is cheerful person and therefore he doesn't, he doesn't go out to seek happiness or gratification. See, when a rajoguna means a person feels a tremendous lack inside and therefore there is a strong need for him to get the gratification therefore he, he runs towards those, he cherishes those things that promise him gratification and he wants to avoid those which come in the way of fulfilling that gratification. Whereas a person who is sattvic in mind, he experiences an inner pleasure, an inner satisfaction with himself and therefore he performs actions out of satisfaction rather than for the satisfaction. A Rajogani person performs actions for satisfaction. 
a sattvic person performs action for the out of satisfaction. Or we can say that even if we do not experience satisfaction now, we deliberately make ourselves do the way a sattvic person does. Then in course of time, we will discover the satisfaction from ourselves. So <coughs> mukta sangha, the one who is free from attachment, one who doesn't act out of what we call raga and dvesha, one who is not impulsive, one who enjoys an objectivity, one who enjoys therefore a poise of the mind, and therefore one who performs an action that is the right thing to do, and not out of attachment or aversion, not out of fulfilling a certain demand, but to, to respond to a situation as a situation calls for. Anahamvadi. Also the person who is not, who doesn't have that ego, who doesn't have that arrogance. And therefore, I did it and I accomplished. Ahamvadi means the fellow who keeps on saying, Vadi means Vadanashilaha. One is of the habit of saying, I did it and this is mine. This is my accomplishment. I will this, I build this house. This is my client. This is my, this is my disciple. Whatever it is, mine. Because there is a need to assert. You see, when we assert also, there is all of a sudden need to feel good about oneself, that's all. Basically, the reason why I assert myself outwardly and I want to always dominate other people or control other people or try to impress other people is because I want to feel good about myself. But since a sattvic person feels good about himself anyway, therefore, there is no need for him to assert himself. There is no need to claim any glorification because he feels good even without that. So the other person feels good only when he gains glorification. This person is good because his heart is pure and therefore he doesn't seek glorification. And therefore, anahamvadi, he doesn't have to claim any glory for himself. He recognizes that all the glory belongs to the Lord who has given him the energy. As Lord Krishna says earlier in the seventh chapter, buddhir buddhimatamasmi tejas tejas vinamaham balam balavatam chaham here, Arjuna, I am the intelligence of the intelligent. I am the strength of the strong. I am the brilliance of the brilliant. And then whatever brilliance I may have, whatever intelligence I may have, whatever strength I have, is all because it is a grace of God. So a sattvic person recognizes that this is all grace of Lord. I have been given that and therefore I return the favor. And therefore whatever he does, he does in the spirit of offering, as we say, <coughs> anahamvadi. In fact, ideally, he does not look upon anything as his personal property to the extent that he would not look upon his body also as a personal property. He recognizes that this is a gift given to him and therefore his personality also is the property of the whole universe, ideally. That means that he doesn't use it only for his purpose. After using it for, you know, after performing an action, Whatever minimum requirement he has, he takes from the profit, the rest he makes available. Because he has no claim on anything. He doesn't have claim toward over his own personality also, because that also is handed over to the Lord. And this is a very wonderful principle. As I said, this is the direction in which we have to grow. It may sound impractical at this time, but this is a direction in which we strive to grow. <coughs> Mukta Sangaha Anahamvadi Dhrutyutsaha Dhrutyutsaha Samanvitaha The one who is uh, 
possessed of the fortitude as well as diligence, enthusiasm. Fortitude because many obstacles come. Whenever you try to do good thing, obstacles come. And he does not give up his goodness just because there are obstacles. He does not give up his honesty or truthfulness because there are obstacles. The person having Rajiv Guna will quietly bend the truth, he will take the shortcut, he will do what is practical, supposedly, pragmatic, you know. This is not that pragmatic. He holds on to his value and does not buckle under the pressure of the practical obstacles. Dhruti. Utsaha Samanvitaha. And also he functions with a lot of enthusiasm because of commitment of doing something good. His commitment is not to achieve some personal end, but his commitment is to make an offering and therefore a lot of enthusiasm is discussed from himself. Drutyutsha samanvitaha siddhya siddhyaho nirvikara is nirvikara unperturbed in success and failure. So he is committed to action. He is committed to what he has to do. If the action is successful, well, that is that is the grace of God. If action is not successful, there is also the will of God. As far as the reward is concerned, he looks upon that as will. As far as effort is concerned, he looks upon that as his duty. Karmanyavadikaraste mahapaleshu kadashana Your adhikara, your freedom, your responsibility is in performance of action. Mahapaleshu, not with reference to the reward. Therefore, reward comes, is alright. He what does not come, also is all right. Siddhya Siddhya ho nirvikara hai. Unperturbed, free from reactions, of elation and depression. Karta sattvika uchyade. One who is able to maintain that poise of mind, the sameness of the mind. In the, in the, in the earlier chapter, second chapter itself, Lord Krishna said, Yogastha kurkarmani sangam tektvadhananjaya. Siddha Siddhyo Samabhutva Samatvam Yoga Uchyade. Here, Arjuna, may you perform the action without attachment and may you look, may you have an equal attitude towards success and failure. Samatvam Yoga Uchyade. The sameness of the mind. With reference to whether the result is favorable or unfavorable, maintaining the sameness of the mind is called Yoga. But Swami, how is it possible? How can you say success and failure are equal? Even success also is alright, failure also is alright. The first of all, it does not brand the result as success or failure. Every result is success. Because you perform an action, the result comes. He knows that the result is determined by the laws of nature, by the laws of Creator. And that it is Creator law we are in fact giving us results. And therefore, as far as action is concerned, it is his will. As far as result is concerned, it is the will of the Lord. And therefore, who is willing to accept the Lord's judgment? Without any resentment, without any resistance. This is what he wanted? Fine. <coughs> because you don't know whether or not the result that you call success is really success or not. So if you have your own idea of what is success and failure, but we never know whether it is really success or not. See, we like to tell this story about success and failure or about what we call favorable, unfavorable or gain and loss. The story of an old man, old man I guess in Greece, 
very mature person. He had a young son. This son once upon a time went with his friends to forest. And from there he got one horse, wild horse, untrained horse. He got it and he brought it with him. So neighbors came to the old man and congratulated him. Say, hey, you are very lucky. See, you got a horse free without, uh, without having to spend anything for it. You are lucky. He says, well, God's will. He was unperturbed. What happened is, once this boy was riding his horse and had gone to, a for, to the forest for a ride and the horse was not trained and therefore horse became wild. He threw away this fellow and ran away. And ultimately therefore this fellow was much injured, his legs broken, he had to be brought home in a stretcher and he was laid up in bed for several weeks, for maybe a few months. The neighbors came and consoled this old man. We are sorry to know this, very very sorry to know. This is God's will. Now can they, what God's will? Can you accept this kind of a thing? It was not much difficult to accept that he got a horse for free. But it is difficult to accept this result, is it not? That his son suffered from injury and therefore he would be in bed, I guess, he would be laid up in bed for only three months. Is it acceptable result? But still the old man says, God's will. And as it happened, this country declared war with the neighboring country. And therefore, the government drafted all the young people who were fit. All young people were drafted for the army. All of them had to go to battlefront. Now the same neighbors came and congratulated this person. You are lucky that your son is injured and therefore he is, you know, he is saved from having to go to the battlefield. God's will. The idea is that we do not know. How do we judge a result as success and failure? We have a very narrow idea or we have a very limited knowledge about what is even required for me. I have very limited knowledge with reference to what is good for me. I have a certain idea of what is good for me, what is favorable to me and what is not favorable to me. But that is only based on my limited knowledge. I do not know that an event that happens today, what effect it will have five years from today, I do not know. I have a very limited perception and therefore from that point of view I judge it's quite possible that what I consider to be unfavorable or failure may be that I did not get something. I think it is unfair, Swamiji, it is unfair that I did not get this job. It is unfair that I did not admission in medical school. It's not, you know. After ten years I recognize, thank God, that I did not get that. So therefore a wise person understands. By wise I mean even a devotee, one who has trust in God understands that when something favorable comes to me, it is the blessing of God. And when something does not come to me, when I do not get what I want, there is also a blessing of God in another way. One is an open blessing, other is a blessing in disguise. He is quite sure. Which means that rather than judging a situation based on his limited understanding or limited knowledge, he gives benefit of doubt to the Lord that he is omniscient. He knows what is right in a given situation. He knows what is good for me in a given situation. Therefore, he has chosen to create the situation. There must be something in it.
with that trust, he is able to accept it. This is called prasada buddhi. This is attitude is prasada, attitude of grace of the Lord, that he creates every situation and therefore favorable, I will not judge it as favorable, unfavorable, I will call it right. And that is how he is able to maintain what we call an equanimity of the mind, sameness of the mind. He does not get perturbed just because things do not go his way. Basically he does not demand that he doesn't have a way as a matter of fact, this sattvic person. He is only dedicated to performing good thing. But still, when we do something we like that, our action should bring the desired result at least. In there also he doesn't have any demand. A non-demanding person. Meaning that he has submitted his demands at the altar of the Lord. <coughs> Karta Sattvika Uchyate Thus, and this Lord Krishna teaches us all along what we call Samatvam, sameness of the mind. Lord Krishna thinks that is a greater result than the material result. If as a result of performing an action, I can maintain sameness of the mind, it is a greater result than a result otherwise favorable in material terms. Because it is sameness of mind which is really what we call growth. Because in life we are going to be confronted with variety of situations, favorable and unfavorable, we can't control them. And so, Nityante Samachittatvam, Ishta Nishta Upapattishu, in the 13th chapter also, Lord Krishna says, Ishta Nishta Upapattishu, when favorable and unfavorable situations come, Samachittatvam, a sameness of the mind, greeting all of them, welcoming, greeting all of them, favorable, also welcome, unfavorable, also welcome. Because, he looks upon every situation as that which is God sent. He knows the favorable situation comes to encourage me. The unfavorable comes to help me grow. So all these difficulties come to us to help us grow in our inner strength. Because if everything favor keeps on happening to me, what will happen? I'll get spoiled, that's all. You know there is something called hurdle race, hurdle race, you know. A race in which they keep hurdles. 200 meter race, there are four hurdles. And so the children run, jump across the hurdle, run, jump across the hurdle, run, jump across the hurdle. When I was small, I did not understand the purpose of this hurdle. I said, why do they keep these barriers in between? Why don't they let them run straight? But I realized that there is no such thing as straight running in life. <laughs> hurdles keep on coming. I guess the children are trained for what is going to happen in the future. And therefore, things always happen. But the hurdle, in fact that makes him smarter. He knows the hurdle is going to come, is coming, then he becomes prepared. And he exercises a certain strength to cross over the hurdle, and therefore the hurdle helps him to sharpen his, uh, sharpen his mind as well as to grow in his strength. And that is how I guess the difficulties come in our life, obstacles also come in our life to help us grow, to become sharper than what we are. That is how he sees the scheme of things. He doesn't feel that God is punishing him. He feels that the God wants him to grow. And that is how one is able to maintain that sameness of the mind, unperturbed, his shraddha, his trust, unwavering trust. Karta Sattvika Uchyate 
is a sattvic karta. He is a doer of an action which is born of sattva. <coughs> then comes our day-to-day fellow, you know, the rajas karta in the verse 27. Ragi karma phala prepsuhu Ragi karma phala prepsuhu Lubdho himsatmako shuchihi Lubdho himsatmako shuchihi Harsha shokan vitah karta Harsha shokan vitah karta Rajasaf parikirtitaha Rajasaf parikirtitaha A person who is motivated by rajas Earlier person motivated by sattva When sattva is there Purity is there. Sattva is there. Dedication is there. Sattva is there. Desire always to do good is there. When rajas is there, there is always desire for seeking pleasure. So this fellow is a bhogi. The first person is a yogi. This fellow is a bhogi. Yogi means one who is devoted to yoga, a worship. This fellow here is a bhogi, devoted only to the pleasures. So gratification. Gratification of senses and gratification of ego, this is his purpose of performing action. <coughs> Therefore, ragi, one who is controlled by his raga, by his passions, one who acts out of passions, then his desire for gratification of senses, his desire for gratification of ego, this is what in fact motivates him to perform the action. The sattvic person finds the motivation from a desire to do something good from a desire to offer something, from a desire that arises from a sense of gratitude, from a sense of duty. This person on the other hand generally performs action as motivated by a desire to seek gratification. What is in it for me? What can I get out of it? Therefore, he works for his personal gratification, personal glorification or the ego gratification. That is his purpose. That is called ragi. Because that's what ragi means, one way is this raga or rajas. So when rajas is there, as we said, there is always that keen sense of inadequacy and therefore the need to feel good about myself. See, I do not feel good about myself as I am, I need something or someone else to make me feel good about myself. Therefore, the things in the world become very important to me. Certain things are very important, I must have them, then only I feel good. I must have a given kind of motor car. My friend has a, has a Lexus, then I must have a Mercedes, something like that. Then I can feel good. This fellow, my neighbor, has a three-bedroom house, I must have a five-bedroom house, then I can feel good. And therefore, this fellow always looks out to the world to make him feel good. The sattvic person is the one who wants to make other people feel good because he feels good. He is available to make other people feel good. The rajas, this fellow, he doesn't feel good about himself. There is a strong sense of self-non-acceptance. Dissatisfaction in oneself. And therefore, he functions on a platform of insecurity. He feels insecure, dissatisfied with himself, not feeling good about himself. And therefore, seeking security from the world, from the people, from the things, from the beings, from the situations, he's seeking security. He wants them to approve him. He wants them to accept him. He wants them to make him feel good about himself. And therefore, he needs that appreciation, he needs that glorification, then alone he feels good. 
he doesn't think that he's all right. When somebody says you are a wonderful person, then he thinks that that must be all right, because he says that. And therefore, there is a strong need on his part to make the world, make, to have the world make him feel good. This person is very dependent person. He is at the mercy of the world. If the world decides to make him feel good, he feels good. World decides the other way around, he feels bad. He doesn't have the freedom, but then he is totally dependent upon the circumstances, upon the situations, upon the outcome, upon the people. He is dependent upon their favor. A karma yogi or a sattvic person is not dependent upon the favor of the outcome to make him happy, because he is happy doing things. This person is not happy doing things. He is happy when he gets his reward. See, if you can be happy enjoying your karma, then you need not postpone your happiness for the reward, because it's right here. But then, when action is not important to you, when the reward is important to you, then you are postponing your happiness for the future, when the reward comes. And if the reward is favorable, you are happy. Not favorable, you are unhappy. And therefore, in this person's heart, there is an apprehension whether things will happen or not. Will I be successful or not? Will I get that favor or not? You know, this is always apprehensive, always fearful, always insecure. Ragi, karma phalaprepsahu, and therefore always very attached or very demanding of the rewards, of the result of the action. For this person, the result is more important than the action. For sattvic person, action is important, the result is secondary, reward is secondary. For this person, reward is primary, action is secondary. <coughs> Why is he like this? Lord says, Lugdha. Because he's a miser, he's, a, he's covetous. Lugdha. Paradraveshu sanjata trushnaha. He looks at somebody else, he looks at somebody else's wealth and he wants it. Somebody is rich, I want to be rich. Somebody is this, I want to have that. Somebody is, you know, this is it. He all looks at other people and wants to judge himself. And therefore, he wants to be like somebody else, always. And you always find somebody always better and bigger than you anyway, and therefore, never satisfied with himself. He never feels that he has enough. It's called Lubda. Lubda means person who is dissatisfied with what he has, has and always more and more, always wants more. Unfortunately, it is the nature of money, and nature of power, and nature of all these material accomplishments, that more you get, more you want. Therefore, you can never be satisfied with them. You can never find satisfaction from them, because more you want, more you get, more you want. That seems to be the rule. Even Shankaracharya, twelve hundred years ago, said, Artham anartham bhava nityam. Nasti tataha sukhalesha satyam. Hey, what do you call artha? What do you call this wealth? What do you call the power? What do you call all these material gains? Understand that it is anartha. It is all going to, it has no meaning, it is futile. You think that it is going to give you happiness and security? In fact, it cannot. So, what he should discover from himself, maybe happiness and security, he is always asking for outside, from outside. Always disappointed. <clears throat> anyway, Lubdha, the one who is covetous, always wants somebody else's things, you know. He may even snatch it away. 
he may somehow manipulate and get what belongs to somebody else because he wants to make it his or he looks at other people and he wants he finds himself dissatisfied wants more and more <coughs> so this greed you know is a greedy person this greed has two aspects one is not being satisfied with what i have and secondly not parting with what i have tirthadavuche sadravya parityagi says shankaracharya that when this fellow goes even to holy places in india this is a value that when you go to a shrine a holy place then one of the things that you do is dhanam is charity because it is supposed to be very auspicious it's one thing to give charity in your place where you live but then when you give charity to these kind of holy places it is much more effective and now people reserve their wealth they reserve their resources so that they will go to kashi they will go to banaras they will go to Haridwar, they will go to Rishikesh, they will go to Prayag, they will go to such holy places and then give to the needy. This chap goes there and still doesn't give, even there also he doesn't give. He thinks that he is so needy that he never thinks anybody else is more needy than him and therefore he just cannot part with what he has. So number one, he is not satisfied with what he has and therefore wants more and more and in spite of having plenty, he never feels that he has enough and therefore never parts with it. This is called Lubdha and that is what drives him. He is never satisfied and therefore more he gets, more he wants. Himsatmakah whose nature is to hurt other people. You see when you are too preoccupied with your own needs, with your own agenda, then a person becomes insensitive to the needs of others. He is so much consumed by his own needs that is insensitive to the needs of others and therefore in the process of fulfilling his needs very often he hurts other people <clears throat> is it not that we see everywhere every every so often we read in the newspaper you know that somebody got out of this company he split this company what people do is i mean you, know, you you buy a company you split into three parts you sell this part here some other part there this part there what counts is bottom line. Today only I read in the newspaper, some big company got split. Why? Money. Because some people belonging to the company felt that some other fellows in the company, even though they were not doing, you know, as much as they are doing, getting away with some money, split. Human being becomes a commodity for these fellows. And therefore, get rid of this, sell this here, dispose it off there. 200, 200 people are, are retrenched or laid off. These fellows are like anything. What matters to them is bottom line. It doesn't matter what happens to the people. Himsatmakaha. And so we find a lot of violence being committed. It may not be violence like we find in, you know, in, in Czechoslovakia and things like that. But there is a lot of violence. In this system here where all that counts is money. And all that counts is power. That is the bottom line. Nothing else counts. Human beings are just commodities. There is no such thing as loyalty. The fellow may be working for me for 25 years, but is not profitable anymore, he can be disposed of. And I may be working for 25 years with an employer, but I find a better opportunity, I can dispose him of. And therefore, there is no loyalty, no sensitivity. And therefore, people's feeling and sensitivity is, they don't count. What counts is the bottom line. This is the total commitment to merely the material gains. And therefore, we become insensitive to the 
feelings are himsatmakaha given is his nature becomes one to hurt because what matters is his gain and and at the cost of somebody else harsha shukan vitah subject relation and depression because to him the result is very important the result is favorable he will jump with joy is unfavorable he will be depressed and therefore all the time going through cycle of depression and elation elation depression karta rajasah parikirtah this kind of karta this kind of a doer is called the rajas meaning that from rajoguna when the rajas is prominent this is what happens the greed arises dissatisfaction arises a sense of totally uncomfortable oneself arises and therefore i always look out to make somebody else make me happy to have someone else make me satisfied make me secure and when they do that i'm very elated when they don't do that i'm depressed and therefore this person always goes through the states of elation and depression hardly ever enjoys what we call a steadiness of the mind or a leisure of the mind he cannot enjoy leisure cannot enjoy what he has also because he just doesn't have the leisure he doesn't have really that frame of mind to be able to enjoy what he has this is the rajas rajas person <coughs> and the third verse 28 describes a person who is tamas tamoguni as we said all this description is given so that we can identify within ourselves some of these tendencies we find then we identify them and deal with them work work at them <clears throat> in the verse 28 says ayuktah prakrutastabdah ayuktah prakrutastabdah shatho naishkrutiko lasah shatho naishkrutiko lasah vishadi dirga sutri cha vishadi dirga sutri cha karta tamas uchyate karta tamas this fellow karta this kind of a perform or action is called tamasa this one thing that we in fact did not talk about in the previous verse ragi karmaphala prepsu lubdo himsatmaka ashujihi that fellow is also ashuji means impure his intention also impure outwardly also impure inwardly also impure this is rajas tamas here ayukta the person whose mind is never steady one who is always restless or unsteady in the mind ayukta yukta means one who enjoys a steady or focused mind this tamoguni person never enjoys a focused mind so ayukta because his mind is always towards sense pleasures always towards sense gratification and therefore his mind always thinks of some sense object something or the other and therefore he can never enjoy a poise or quietude of the mind <coughs> as a result he is he is just not available here and therefore even a situation demands a certain response his mind is not available that is how we call it ayukta a yogi is a person who is very alert in the situation and whatever situation calls for he is alert to respond this fellow his mind is some place else and therefore 
is never there where he's supposed to be, and therefore he, is, he never responds to the situation properly. Ayukta hai, one whose mind is unsteady. Prakruta hai, Shastra Asamskrita Buddhi, he is immature. Prakruta hai, immature. He doesn't have the maturity because he does not have the benefit of education. He doesn't have the benefit of what the scriptures have to teach. He has no idea about the values of life. He has no idea about the purpose of life. He has no idea. His mind is not available to understand those things. Even to understand what the scriptures have to say or even basic moral code of conduct, understand them, you need a certain kind of a mind. But this person's mind is just not available and therefore an immature person. Prakruta hai, stabdha hai, and also irreverent. He's, he thinks very highly of himself. In fact, actually, uh, he doesn't know anything. He is immature, but he thinks very highly of himself. And therefore, stabdha hai, like a staff, he never bends, he never shows respect or reverence to anybody. Even to people who deserve, even to the teachers, even to the elders, even to the learned people, even to, to the gods, you know, he never bends down because, but that is the kind of mind he has, this is the tamas, tamogoni, unbending, irreverent. Then shatha, shatha means deceptive, wicked. So he is actually, he knows something is right, but that person who is ready to cheat somebody else. See, the person is Rajoguna, at least does something to achieve something. Sattvic person is interested in doing good, doesn't matter whether he gets a reward or not. The Rajas person act, performs an action for the reward, but he does what is required to get the reward. This fellow wants the reward alright, but doesn't want to do anything, doesn't want to exert himself. And therefore, he is ready to cheat somebody else. And so, he knows something to be right, but then he can twist the thing and misguide somebody, cheat somebody. And therefore, deceptive. Naishkrutikaha, <coughs> he is cruel. Even though somebody helped him, even then, he doesn't mind hurting anybody. This is the, just what, what we find to be an immature, underdeveloped person. As far as the mind is concerned, spiritually person is totally underdeveloped. And so, there is very little sattva and this is how tamoguna reflects itself. So, nishkrutikaha, one is cruel. <coughs> oh, you know what he does also is that he makes a show of helping somebody and then doesn't mind hurting him. This is also what the people do. This is called Naishkritika. And so he has a gun in his pocket. He comes to you smiling as a friend and then shows the gun. He come to you, comes to your house as a friend and then turns out to be a robber or something like that. That means he shows himself with one thing and then acts in altogether a different way. This is called Naishkritika. Crooked. He is a crooked fellow also. So this crookedness also is a result of tamas, cruelty also is a result of tamas, and cheating other people also is a result of tamas, <coughs> unbending being totally irreverent also is a result of tamas. <coughs> alasaha, alasaha means lazy, 
he knows what is to be done, but then he has just no motivation, enthusiasm at all to do anything. You know, there is nothing, there is no motivation inside to do anything. He knows things are piling up. He can see the dishes are all piling up, we'll do it tomorrow morning. They further pile up in the afternoon, pile up, and that is how. In his house also, all these dust piles up. Doesn't matter, you know. He sees, he knows something is to be done. He just cannot get around to do that because he cannot discover in himself the, the kind of motivation that is required to do things. And so, Allah This, we also find very often this laziness, etc. You know, when it comes, so somebody explained, Allah Arasaha. Rasa, Rasa means interest. When there is an interest, then we always are enthused to do something. When there is no interest, then we are not enthused to do it. I know that I should study, but Swamiji, geography doesn't interest me. History doesn't interest me. Why should I study mathematics? Why should I do that? And therefore, I am not interested. I just cannot. I know that examination is coming. I know I should study. I must do that. But I just cannot find the motivation from myself. And therefore, tamas means lack of motivation. And therefore, he knows what is to be done but cannot get around to doing it. Allah sahab. <coughs> Vishadi, given to sadness, given to dejection, always a sad or dejected person. Always dissatisfied. Dissatisfied with himself, dissatisfied with everything. The Rajogoni fellow is dissatisfied with himself, but he finds satisfaction in something. This fellow is dissatisfied with himself and dissatisfied with everything. You find these fellows always critical of everybody, you know. Even if you do something good, he is critical. He cannot, you cannot make him happy. And therefore, he cannot make himself happy. The world also cannot make him happy. Always unhappy and therefore, given to dejection, given to sadness. It's all tamas. Dhirga Sutri Dhirga Sutri. Dhirga Sutri means what? The one who procrastinates. Alright. What should be done today? We'll do it tomorrow, day after tomorrow. He doesn't get around doing in one month what is to be done in one day. Because Nirantara Shanka Sahasra Kavalita. His mind has hundreds of doubts. That's the reason why he cannot make a decision. You see, to make a decision, a certain clarity is required. But when the mind is the influence of Tamoguna, then the fellow can't make a decision because all kinds of doubts. If I do this, what if that happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? And therefore, hundreds of kinds of doubts keep on arising in his mind and therefore cannot make a decision. Since he cannot make a decision, he just can't do that. For us to do something, it is necessary to make a decision. Even to go from one place to the other, to get down and walk to that place, a decision is required to be done. Before an act, even a simple action is performed, a decision is required. And decision can be made when I know that that is the thing to do. But what will happen if I step down? Suppose I'll fall down. What if I cannot, you know, what if I cannot keep standing? And thus, he keeps on raising all kinds of doubts and therefore cannot do anything. Therefore, Dirga Sutri, procrastinating. So, keeps on waiting, you know, postponing things for the future. Karta, Tamasa, Uchade. This kind of a performer action is called Tamasaha. So, a person who is predominant in Tamas, has this kind of tendencies. Person in predominance rajas has those kind of tendencies. 
person predominantly in sattva has other kind of tendencies. So Lord Krishna just describes the different tendencies that automatically arise when the mind enjoys a certain disposition. And therefore, as we said, when we see these tendencies in us, then we know what we should do about it. The tamas should be replaced by rajas, and the rajas should be then transformed into sattva. So when you find tamas, whip yourself up to do something. When you find that you are doing something, then slowly and slowly do it that which is good. Do it in the spirit of offering. So this is how tamas to rajas, rajas to sattva. That is how the progress we make. Okay. <coughs> Om Purnamadaf Purnamidam Purnat Purnamugachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavanta Punah Punah Ishvaro Guru Ratmede Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo 